aspect of motherhood. Deciding to postpone her moral investigations, she gave herself to pleasure then, and her confusion only heightened the power of the orgasm that slowly overtook her. When she opened her eyes, she was appalled to find the burner staring at her, eyes wide, mouth open. Relieved when the man smiled shyly, before they both started laughing. The sound of the baby crying did nothing to lessen the easy intimacy inspired by the unprecedented situation. Is that one of the secret codes of motherhood? If it is, it's one that's been well kept. Are you jealous? No one, not Ernie nor his parents, ever suspected his jaw might be so strong that in later life it would be the foundation stone of his prosperity and survival. Though Irene had been intrigued to see her child fall flat on his face when he first tried to walk and land on that jaw which supported him like an ungainly fulcrum. He did not cry out, did not register any pain. It seemed that he felt none. Irene was surprised, but did not glean any intimation of a possible vocation. The slapping man was among them, but his time had not yet come, and so he remained unrecognised. How could his mother recognise a gift for which there was no precedent? A child sits at a piano and plays with a virtuosity beyond its years, easy then to say, this child is gifted. But if the child has a gift that is unique, who's to blame if they fail to recognise it? When he was young, he was sure he was deformed. There was too much jaw and not enough of the rest of his face to accommodate the remaining features. It made him shy, and when in public he always hoped to see someone who was at least as ugly as he was, wanting some consolation. The more his mother tried to bolster his confidence, the uglier he felt, convinced he was the ugliest of an ugly lot. It was a shock to see him with the prow of that jawbone sticking out. It was no child's jaw. It was as if his jawbone had been born adult and was waiting for the rest of his body to catch up. Was he really a bad omen? He'd heard it said his face was that of a man who'd bring a curse onto the town. There were some who believed it would be best to have him killed before the curse could form. Others claimed that killing him would be the sure thing to bring the curse to life. And so he found himself oddly tolerated, if not loved or quite accepted. There were some who were kind to him, though when people spoke to him their vision locked onto the bony mandible, unable or unwilling to look him in the eye. Irene grew exasperated by her child's conviction that he was ugly. She only hit him once, though that single slap was enough to confirm in his own mind that he was on an irredeemable path and his ungainliness would remain an incontestable fact of whatever life was to be his. Irene hadn't meant to hit him, had lost her temper and slapped him on the jaw. She didn't think she'd hit him all that hard, and was surprised to notice the next day that she'd sustained deep bruises on her palm. When he grew older, that stunning jaw gave Ernie's face an extraordinary definition. People expected him to be headstrong, or at least decisive. His jaw suggested that he was a natural leader, they grew angry when he disappointed them in this regard. How could a man with such a decisive jaw be so timid and indecisive? He was suspected of playing dumb, hiding his real abilities, when the truth was simpler. The essence of his gift had not revealed itself to him, and so he blundered on like all the rest. His confusions and his certainties blended in a porridge he called his life. He wondered sometimes if his primary gift was for making other people angry. Ernie never grew to be a tall man, his jaw usurping the vital stuff his other bones had needed. 
exalting its own stature at the expense of his clavicles, thorax, thigh bones, and the like. Though his male member had not suffered, as if it alone could provide a necessary balance to that mighty jaw, and so he jutted out on the horizontal and vertical planes, and achieved a curious equilibrium. Knowledge Point Ernie had not wanted to know the cruder details of his conception, his mother's need to tell him greater than his need to listen. Yet once she had begun, he did not want to silence her. She had been drinking, and it fuelled what seemed to him an alarming honesty. Your father and I were standing by the bay. He was teasing me about my bottom and gave it a little slap. He must have noticed my ambivalence because he gave me a second slap, much firmer. I was surprised by the sound it made and the way it made my blood go round in circles. A delicious moment then, neither of us talking, just looking at each other, feeling some barrier between us had dropped away.